Acts chapter 19. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed to the upper coast, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? And they said unto him, We not so much heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people they should believe on him which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you one more time for every representation of nation that you have created for your glory and your honor. And 10,000 are of tongues, but our joys are one. We're here to worship you, to give you hallowed praise. Bless to remain this service in our fellowship. We sincerely ask in Jesus' name. You may be seated. The Apostle Paul was born in Turkey. He's a Jew by birth, and he was a Roman citizen by the political geopolitical system. And in terms of religion, he was a Pharisee. He was so highly rated, he was called a Pharisee of the Pharisees. This man got converted. Because once he persecuted Christians, killed them, put them in jail. Exactly what Issus was doing is what Paul used to do. Paul was like the Issus, murdered, killed, put people in jail. That means people in Issus can be saved. Because the first terrorist against Christianity was the Apostle Paul. And he, 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 he murdered Stephen with the, uh, the accent. But God was good in mercy want to save him, gave him a revelation of the truth on the Damascus journey in Syria. Syria is in the news today. And in Syria, God touched that man's heart, turned him around, set him in a place called Straight, and sent a Christian disciple to him who did not want to go, but he was compelled to go, and said, go pray for him because he's a chosen vessel. And you don't know today if you're not a chosen vessel. God can and may have chosen you for the time that you're living in. You'll never know. It all depends on how you respond to God's word. But he was a chosen vessel, and he prayed for Paul, and Paul received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. In 1 Corinthians, Paul says, I speak with tongues more than you all. That's what happened to him. He spoke with tongues outside of the Hebrew language. Outside of the Grecian language, he began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. And he told the church, I speak in more tongues than all you guys put together. And so Apostle Paul is qualified because he was baptized by immersion in the name of Jesus Christ by Ananias, who was sent to baptize him. And that's how Paul came in the church. But you know, Paul experienced the birth of the water and the birth of the Spirit. 
It's not strange to find Paul is questioning professing disciples how and when they receive the experience of the Holy Ghost. Now, our world doesn't like the word Holy Ghost. They like to use the word Holy Spirit. But there is a twofold use of the word Holy Spirit and Holy Ghost. In the Old Testament, Holy Spirit is used because Christ had not yet come and offered his life. For example, John 7, 38, 39, when Jesus Christ offered the Holy Ghost, he could not give it because he was not yet crucified. He was not yet glorified. But he said, I'm with you, and I shall be in you. And that was the hope of the church, even though there was no church on earth when Christ came on the scene. So he said, I will build my church, not a building, but people. He plans to put in people a signature experience that would qualify them to be called the house of the Lord. We are God carriers if you're born again believers. Now, a disciple and a Christian are two different people. A disciple may be a follower of the teaching of Christ. A, a Christian is somebody who is converted, born of the water and the spirit, and they've been experiencing the new birth. That's what constitutes a believer. Now, John came to give knowledge of salvation, and Jesus Christ endorses John, and John endorses Jesus. And then Jesus left the scenery, and then John died because he was murdered by Herod for the gospel he preached. But John had some disciples who were baptized by John baptism, and now Paul met them in the land of Ephesus, in part of Asia where there's troubles right now in Greece. And he met them, and they said, we are disciples of John. And Paul says, fine, but I want to ask you a question. Have you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit since you believe. In other words, since you are saying I'm a believer to join Paul, Paul said, fine, you may join us, but are you truly born again of the Spirit? Now, Apostle Paul, who had experienced the new birth in water baptism and baptism of the Holy Spirit, would have firsthand knowledge of what the credentials are and what Paul was looking for, number one, Paul asked him, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? Number two, he's saying, have you got the sign that Joel talked about that would happen when a person is born of the Spirit? Number three, he said, have you been sealed by the covenant of the Spirit? He's saying, do you have the evidence that Isaiah spoke of? And are you truly baptized with the promised Holy Spirit that John said Christ would baptize you with? In other words, is there a record of your birth? Now, those may sound casual to you, but to the Apostle Paul, he said it's quintessential that you have these credentials. Otherwise, you're not going to be a part of the family of God. In other words, have you received the Holy Ghost? Did you believe? Do you have the sign that you've got the Holy Ghost? Do you have the evidence of a seal upon your life that you are truly baptized in the Spirit? And do you have the baptism experience? What has happened to you? And he asked him, do you have Joel prophecy fulfilled in your life? In other words, do you know the Spirit of truth? 
They were honest enough to say to Apostle Paul, we have not heard. If there be such a thing as the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so John said, Paul said to his disciples, they're 12 men, grown men, professing that they believe. He said, well, how then were you baptized? Now what he's doing, Paul is going back to the teachings of Jesus and his own personal experience. He knew, but he's been a diplomat. He didn't want to insult them. He wanted to encourage them to think, you know, think uh, very inquisitively if they had the experience or just professing or not possessing. So, do you have the sign? Do you have the seal? Do you have the evidence? Do you have the baptismal experience? Is there any record of your birth? Do you know the spirit of truth? Now, if you truly have the Holy Ghost, which is the Holy Spirit, amen, it cannot lead you astray. It cannot lead you in a wrong experience. It never led Paul wrong. It led him in a street called Straight, and he contacted Ananias, who knew what he had to do. When Paul, amen, wasn't around and Peter was in force, Peter was led by the Holy Spirit to find Cornelius' house. Cornelius was led by the Holy Ghost to find Peter's place of where he lived and resident and the address and where to find him. And so my question is to you, as Paul was to them, do you have the sign of a seal? Do you have the sign in your life? Do you have the evidence that you are truly born again of the Spirit? Have you experienced the experience of being baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire? Was there ever a sound that emanate from your heart and represent you moving, speaking as the Spirit of God give you utterance? In other words, I'm talking to you about the identity of the Holy Ghost. Who is he? It's the Spirit of Christ. It's the Spirit of truth. I'm talking to you about the necessity of the Holy Ghost. You've got to have the Holy Ghost. Otherwise, John 3, 3 to 5 says, you cannot see and you cannot enter the kingdom of God if you do not have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. John was very plain in his teaching and also Jesus and the apostles. Now, then the work of the Holy Ghost is the act of God's Spirit moving in your mortal members to testify that this man and that woman have experienced the apostolic experience. It's not a guesstimation or I think so, I know so. Do I have the evidence and the, of the working of the Spirit of God and then also it represents the power of the Holy Ghost. Because God said he shall receive power. Dunamis, after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And when the Holy Ghost is in you, it will, it not, I should say, it's a he will lead you in all truth. Because the Holy Ghost is a teacher. The Holy Ghost is the baptizer. It's the sanctifier. It's the glorifier. It's the justifier. It's the one that quickens a mortal man and will make you make it in the rapture. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, you cannot rise from the dead. 
for it's the power of God unto salvation. The Holy Ghost is divine intercessor. And so Paul is asking those 12 people, would you please examine yourself? Examine your credentials. Have you received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? Stop and think for a moment. Have you received the Holy Ghost? My friend couldn't go on a trip because he didn't have his passport. In this world that we're living in today, as we just reflect a while ago, every one of us are from families of this earth. Genesis chapter 10. Verse 11, chapter 11 tells you, you came from Shem, Ham, and Japheth, all of us. Sister Denise just taught a while ago upstairs, out externally, your melin and your structure look different, but internally you're all the same. Doesn't matter what country you're from, internally you're all the same. Externally you look different, but inside, from one blood. From one man came you all. And we all belong to a system of a national family. And that we, that's what we know. We got from Canadian, North American, etc. But you also belong to a biological family. Amen. We are all from a biological constraint, you know. We got a DNA of my mom and dad. You got your own DNA and so on. And you belong to that family. Now, this is a National Geographic, this is a biological bloodline, but the family we're talking about here right now is this right here. Every one of this include the birth of a nation, the birth of a family, and the birth of a kingdom of God. There is a birthing that's involved. Now, anybody who's born on earth, a living soul, you know God breathed into you for your living soul. Otherwise, you would not be. But when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you become a quickening spirit. There's a divine difference between God just breathing his breath in you. You live like you're living right now. That puts you in this category right here. You are just a living soul. But what I'm preaching about today is about you becoming a quickening spirit. That's the family everybody don't belong to. And the only way you can belong to that family You've got to experience John chapter 3 and verse 3 to 8. You've got to experience it. If you don't, any preacher, any teacher, any apostle or prophet, tell you different, he's lying to you. Except you be born again. Why? Again means you were born right here. Again means up here. You've got to experience another birth not after the natural seed and semen of your mommy and daddy. But you're born again of the water and the spirit. I'm asking you, like John asked, oh, to say, you know what? Okay, we're at the closing of the time. And if the spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you and move you from this level to that level, then I'm going to tell you right now, friend, then you belong to a family of God. 
No, I know you love your, 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 you love your natural family. You love your national family. That's all right. We were nationalistic a while ago. And you love your biological family, but that won't save you. They have no future. It's declining. But you, it, you'll be born again. Because all the family in heaven is named after one name. Your family has one name. And God's family has one name. And there's only one mother of us all. Jerusalem. Who is the mother of us all. And Jesus Christ is the everlasting father. And when he impregnate the church, a birth takes place. When a person is born again, there is a sound come from heaven as the spirit give utterance. There's no mother in this building that can tell me your baby was born without water. You can't tell me when your baby was born, there was no water involved. You can't tell me when your baby was born, there was no sound involved. If your baby didn't make a sound, it means your baby's dead. Still birth. So is everyone that's born of the Spirit. You've got to become. Now, you know, a lot of people want to belong to the people of God, and they want to be joined to us, and that's wonderful. That's, that, that's your goal in life. Your goal in life, friend, is to go past your national ethnic, national family, go past your biological family, and you need to get into the family of God. And your natural birth can't take you there. Now hear me this morning. The Bible said, let me get some references here. I'm going to take my time and give some references here. The Bible says, if any man, any woman, have not the spirit of Christ, Romans 8, 9, he is none of his. You don't belong to this family. Coming to that church don't mean you belong to that family. Door. Even paying tithe don't mean you belong to this family. Hello? Even talking to the doesn't mean you belong to this family. You must be born of the Spirit. When the Spirit gets inside of you, you cry, Abba, what? Father. You know what I mean? That's the highest form in the Middle East of fatherhood. Abba, father. If you don't have the seal, you're not his. Second Timothy 2.19. What's a seal? Every passport have a seal. Amen. Praise the Lord. And then number three says, all believers are sealed. So Paul is asking, since you believe, have you been sealed? Ephesians 1.13. Have you been sealed? What's a seal? Every passport has a seal. You take that seal out and that passport is void. Good for nothing. Next thing, have you been born again of the water and the spirit? Church beloved, when you were born again, vital statistics said we want a copy, a record of your birth. You're going to be Canadian. We want to know you were born here. We want the date and the time and the place where you were born. We want proof of your birth. So this is not unusual. Amen. First Corinthians 12, 13 says, As many 
as are in the family were baptized into one spirit. So I don't care if you're black, yellow, green, or white. You've got to come in by the same door. Let me tell you about the world. The world is racist. Amen. So we can't talk about the church because a lot of churches are racist too. But I can talk to you about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not racist. The kingdom of God consists of all nations, kindred, peoples, and tongues. But that one thing common, by one spirit, are we all baptized. Whether it be Jew, Greek, Gentile, barbarian, black, white, pink, yellow, green. I don't care what color you are. You've got to be born again. Praise God. The world look on the outward skin. God look on the inside for sin. They look for race. God look for grace. They look for color. God look for community. They have segregation. God divine integration. Amen. They build barriers. God build bridges. If any man or woman is in Christ, you are in Christ. And God call it a sheepfold. I've been the I've been the Caribbean on mission field in Africa too and elsewhere. I've seen black sheep and I've seen white sheep. I've seen brown sheep. I've been on the farmer's field. I've seen white field, brown field, gold field, and green field. Well, they're all in the field. Hello. I'm trying to say it's hard for you to do this if you're not born again. Think about, beloved saints of God, we must have authority of the sign. 1 Corinthians 14, 22. It says, Paul says, sign is to them that believe not. Let you know that we are a believer. Well, here's what's more important. In Mark 16, 17, Jesus says, and these signs shall fall them that believe in my name. In my name, they shall speak with new tongues. Romans 8, 9, there is no rapture for you if you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because Acts 1, 8 says you're powerless. Hello? But if you are truly in the body, then you are sealed with the Holy Ghost. So tongues is the initial evidence that you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I don't mean the tongues you learn in, in grammar school or language class. I mean you begin to speak in a language instantaneously that nobody taught you. You say, that's not possible. Well, let's go back to the 10th chapter of Genesis and see if it's possible. Chapter 11 says the earth was of one language. Is that right? And God came down and did what? With bang. And instantly, Japanese came into existence. Chinese. Huh? French, other languages. Where did it came from? Chapter 11. Spanish, Filipino, or whatever language you call it, or Ukrainian language. Hello, where did it came from? Chapter 11. God went, bang! And nations are born. One swipe, and they're all born. And they populate the earth. And that same God came down on Pentecost. Acts chapter 2. And 120 Jews 
who never once traveled the world lived all their life in Galilee. Amen. A little part of the Middle East. And God in the upper room paid them a visit. And instantaneously, bang, they all began to speak in other tongues as the Holy Spirit, which is the Holy Ghost, gave them utterance. And they were not talking to each other, but they were glorifying God in a language they did not understand. Their normal cranium did not comprehend what they were praying in the Spirit. And it was a fulfillment of Joel chapter 2 and verse 28. They received what Joel prophesied. Because Peter says, this, what you're looking at and hearing, was promised several hundred years ago. And God is fulfilling it now. So when I talk in tongues, I'm having a Joel experience. When I speak with tongues, my friend, I'm not talking to you or anybody in this building. I'm speaking to God. For how be no man understand what he's speaking, what he speaks to God. I'm trying to tell you, beloved, I was watching some crows yesterday while I watched the vehicle. And those crows were communicating on a level I could understand, but they understood each other. I didn't belong to the crow family. Whether you speak Spanish, and I don't speak Spanish, I don't know what you're saying. But the person who belonged to the, that culture know what you're saying. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when somebody received the Holy Ghost this morning, you won't know what they're saying because you're not in heaven. But God knows what they're saying. Because God says, everyone that's born of the Spirit make it a sound. And you hear that sound coming down. And before I close, I want to say this to you. If you don't have that Holy Ghost experience, and you sit here and wait for the last moment when the bridegroom comes and you're left behind, you cannot blame God. God gave you space. Because God gave the Holy Ghost to them and asked of him. He said, I am with you and I shall be in you. Praise you the Lord. He said, examine yourself, church, whether Christ is in you. Second Corinthians 13, verse 3 to 5 says, examine yourself. See if Christ is in you. Don't play game with your experience. Don't play game with your traveling documentation. I don't know how you travel, my friend. But when I'm traveling, my friend, I set aside a time to make sure I meet all the requirements before I stand before the judge and before they scrutinize what I have because I don't want them to turn me away. I want them to let me through that gate. And you cannot go to heaven without a seal. If you were a Jew before Christ came and you weren't circumcised, you would be an abomination to Israel because circumcision was a seal. Now, we are circumcised with the circumcision made without hand. God circumcised our heart, write his laws upon the tablets of my heart. And when he gave me the Holy Ghost, he gave me the power to live above sin, the power to overcome sin, the power to flee from the penalty of sin, 
the power to be a son of God for as many as received him. To them gave you the power to become what? The sons of God. So when I got the Holy Ghost, you know what happened? I'm a son of God. Let's stand. When you got the Holy Ghost, you're signed, sealed, and delivered with the evidence. The promise. Now I ask you, have you talked in tongues since you believe? That don't mean you got the Holy Ghost. Oh, I feel happy. That don't mean you got the Holy Ghost. Oh, I feel sweet. I'm asking, do you talk in tongues? As in Acts 2 4. Well, nobody understand me. Let me ask the question. When your baby was born and made that noise, did you interpret the noise? Did you? Did you? Mothers, did you? You grab and kiss that baby. That's full of blood. I said, it's alive! That's all you knew. Well, that sound means something to God. There's no sound made that God don't understand. You have no idea what that baby said to God. Because every lip shall praise him. Every tongue shall magnify him. Because you don't understand, that means the baby can't respond to God. And that sound tells you that baby is born. And it's alive. If that baby didn't make a sound, you would turn that baby upside down, slap that bottle. You know why? To break the obstruction in the throat. That baby for nine months was in water. And not coming out of your system. It has to breathe. And you slap that baby. And that may make a sound. There are three things the Holy Ghost will do for you when you have the Holy Ghost. Number one, they'll give you the additional evidence that you're sealed. When you believe and got the Holy Ghost, you're going to talk in tongues. If you don't, you have not got the Holy Ghost. I don't care what anybody tells you. The Bible says you have Paul asked them, have you received? And this is all we know, they, they got it. When Paul laid his hands on them, they spake with tongues. He quit asking. Simon the sorcerer saw in Acts chapter 8 some people who didn't have the Holy Ghost suddenly were talking in tongues. When he saw them talking in tongues and heard it, he said, I want to buy that. Peter says, get out of here. This is not something you can buy with money. It's a gift from God. What did he see? He heard them speak with tongues. In Acts chapter 10, what happened there? What happened in Acts chapter 10, verse 44 to 48? Something happened there. The Jews that were unbelievers that we could get the Holy Ghost, they heard them speak with tongues. And Peter said, You've got the Holy Ghost as well as we. Hallelujah. I want to tell you, I saw the pharmacist last night, and she asked me some questions. And I could lie to her because I didn't fulfill all the requirements she wanted me to. I could lie to her. 
she'd believe my lie, but I'd be damned. I said, she'd believe my lie, but I'd be the one that's damned. You can't put garbage in a computer and get good results coming out. If you don't think you need the Holy Ghost, then God's wasting his time giving you an offer. Would you bow your heads right now? You know from the depths of your heart if you're ready to meet Christ in terms. You say, well, the pastor, I've been baptized in water alone. Isn't that good enough? No. He said you must be born of the water and not option and the spirit. A sound alone don't save the baby. The water alone don't save that baby. Who's here? You see right here? The gold. I don't ask about here, but take, take me the look at this right here. See this right here? This is what I'm trying to do for you. Take a good look. I'm telling you, my friend, I promise you 50 years from now. You remember every word I told you. Put it in your calendar. 50 years from now, at your age, where you'll be. Everything I just told you right now. In your, in your natural birth, you got a mother, a father. You belong to a household with children. You're in a martial relationship. Amen. But when you're born again, you have a heavenly father, a heavenly mother. You become a child of God. You become a part of the household of faith, and you have a spiritual relationship. And the next step from here is heaven. You fit like a hand in glove. Now, you can lie about it today and say, well, I'm okay. Hey, I'm not even questioning you. I wouldn't even argue with you. You have a right to believe what you want to believe. But I want to tell you, these men knew they didn't have it. And they said, we don't have it. And Paul said, look, there's some stuff we need to get right here. And they did it. And they end up becoming the Ephesian church. When you read about the Ephesian church, don't forget when they got started. And Revelation, they're still there. Hallelujah. And Jesus Christ was very strict with them and told them, you left your first love. And if you keep that up, you will no longer be a part of the family of God. You know what he says. So I'm asking you, if you're happy just being a national family person, go ahead. Be proud of your geographic. You know, the American says, I'm an American. Fine, that's beautiful. But there's one step beyond that, friend, your biological family. And if all those two fail, you can't fail this one, your eternal family. Because, beloved, you can't join to us if you don't have the Spirit. Lord Jesus, right now, we come to the end of a great day. He said, all nations, kindred and tongue must hear this gospel before the end comes. And by one spirit we baptize all nations from the east to west to north and south in the one body of Christ. One God over us all. One Father who is in us all. By one spirit are we sealed. Only you know them that are yours right now in this building. For so the Lord knoweth them that are here. 